A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we've got a great gym revenge story. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, never trust opening her car door again. My neighbor's girlfriend kept on letting her dog poop in my yard. She knew the dog's routine, so she would look away and get on her phone as soon as the dog started to circle and poo. I asked her to please clean it up a few times, and she would act like she was surprised that it pooped and would say she forgot the bag and would be right back. Never would come back. The pooping stopped after I put some under the door handle of her vehicle, with a note saying I was returning what she left. I didn't get to see her put her hand in the poo, but I knew it had to be a crappy way to start the day. I think needless to say, if you have a dog, and unless you're walking in literally the wilderness or maybe the countryside, you just about should always have a doggy bag with you and clean up after them. I know it kind of sucks to carry around a filled poo bag, but that's kind of part of just being a dog owner. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is, my grandpa got out of helping the Germans during World War II. My grandma and grandpa were a married Dutch couple in Den Helder, North Holland in the 1940s. The Germans came through and forced him to work for them as a welder at a shipyard. He also had to live with them at a barracks rather than be at home with his wife because of how far away it was even though the shipyard was still in country. My grandpa thought of a clever way to get out of it. He wet his bed. They thought there was something medically wrong with him and couldn't put up with the smell, so they sent him back home to be with his wife. No one ever found out he lied. The Germans lost. The end. I mean, really, at that time, I'm sure there were lots of people trying to do whatever they could to make sure that they didn't have to get, well, either drafted or, honestly like this, forced into it. I mean, aren't there like crazy stories out there of people who literally would break their arms to prevent being forced to go to war? Our next story is, I purposely made the project so that my project partner could get a D in our final project. We had to do our final project in pairs. We could choose our own partner and I immediately decided to choose my best friend, as we always did these kinds of projects together. But one of my other friends, not a friend anymore, asked to be my partner and advised my best friend to pair with this other girl, who was pretty close with my best friend. I thought it would help out everyone, so I went ahead with it. My best friend didn't like the plan and got upset with me. She didn't say anything at first, but it eventually resulted in our fight, and we stopped talking for a while. Now back to the project, this girl said she doesn't have the time to research, and she isn't very good with it. So she asked me to do all the research and that she'll make the final project, which we'll present together in class. I was stupid, so I agreed without questioning. Then I spent two weeks doing all the work and gave everything to her to just copy and finalize. She wrote five pages in three days and said that it's enough and that we should ask the professor to prepone our presentation because she has to go on a vacation with her boyfriend and they already booked the tickets for the next day. I got angry at her but tried to calmly convince her to write everything before the presentation and that we should do it when she comes back. 
but she wanted to be done with the presentation before her vacation so she can enjoy herself. She went behind my back and asked the professor and then told me that we were presenting. I was beyond angry at that point, but I didn't want to make the bad impression on the professor, so I went ahead with it. Our presentation was horrible, to say the least. I was one of the top students in class and was in the good books of the teachers, so my professor was really disappointed and asked me to do it again. My partner said she won't do it. I told her that I'll do it and that she can go on her vacation. She got happy, thanked me, and left the next day. I was already planning my revenge, just hoping it would work. I already researched everything. I just had to write everything. I put in my best efforts, made all the charts, diagrams, graphs, and everything to make it better, and I brought my academic writing classes into use and wrote my name on the top right corner of every single of those 20 pages. I was really proud of that project. Just to go by the rules, I put the sheets she wrote at the end and wrote her name on it. Then I presented it in class and got an A, and the best part was that the professor graded it individually so she got a D. The look on her face was priceless when she came back and saw her score. She thought she could take advantage of me. When I got over the initial anger, I realized all the time she talked to me was only when she needed help with our schoolwork. I am happy to be done with her. Now I don't think back and resent myself for being nice to her because I got my revenge at the end. I talked it out with my best friend and we're going strong. I'm going to be honest, growing up in school, I don't think I've ever heard the words group project and ever had a good experience or a good feeling about it going into it. I don't know if I was just unlucky, but almost every time I seemed to get paired up with somebody that I didn't really know or I wasn't really friends with or I didn't have any clear-cut friends in the class. Maybe just a couple times ever it was just okay. And God forbid I hated doing the presentations. Our next story is, don't want to let me study for finals? We'll all get up extra early to make up for it. This takes place close to 20 years ago but still makes me chuckle. My freshman year of college, I lived in dorms with landline room phones that went in sequential order. This knowledge is what I used to exact my petty revenge. I was up late studying for spring finals. I didn't expect total silence, but these neighbors were usually kind of loud and inconsiderate on a good day. It was tolerable until it wasn't. My desk and bed were against my neighbor's wall. Obviously done with finals, or at least studying, my neighbors had a party. I'd ignored the loud music, the laughing and yelling and slamming doors from them, until about 11pm. I had already tried earplugs, headphones with my own music, etc., but they were getting rowdy. As it was so late, I didn't feel comfortable going across the university campus to the library. I finally got fed up and went over to ask if they could keep it down a little as it was so late. The neighbors just stood there while their friends snickered. I stared at them until I got some acknowledgement, but no apology. I went back to my room and tried to get back to work. Of course, they continued to be inconsiderate jerks. I could even hear them making fun of me as they got louder. I decided I wouldn't get any more studying done, but I wasn't going to get the RA involved as it was now midnight. It wasn't an emergency, just rude as heck. I put my earplugs in and eventually fell asleep, planning my sweet revenge for 5am the next morning. Next morning I got out of bed quietly and sat down at my desk, my left ear pressed against the wall. Of course, dead silence now. I was able to count down for my phone number to figure out their landline number. I used my track phone cell phone and started calling them. 
it rang as off-campus, so I didn't think they'd suspect me. Back then, cell phones weren't terribly common, and who would waste those prepaid precious minutes? I would hear one of them get out of bed and stumble over to the phone, only to hang up as soon as they answered. I did this several times, waiting to call again until I heard them get back in bed. The last time they answered, the one girl whined, Why are you doing this? Best minutes I've ever spent. Lord knows if I was living in OP situation, I'd just about have gone he-man and moved that bed away from the wall. Wouldn't have helped any when they're partying all night long anyways, but I'd probably start getting desperate and upset. Our next story is, friend's little brother gets mailed. Way back in the day, circa 1986, my brother and I lived with our mom, her new husband, and my stepbrother out in the country. Where we lived, there was five things to do for fun. Hunting, fishing, football, swimming, and riding ATVs. If you didn't like doing any of those, well, you were SOL. For my birthday that year, my dad had given me a little German Shepherd slash St. Bernard mixed puppy. I named her Fluffy because she was a little ball of fluff. What do you want, I was 10 years old. Fast forward 6 months, and Fluffy was not quite so fluffy anymore, nor was she small. She was a fierce protector of my brother and I, and much beloved by us and our friends. Our next door neighbors had two boys, one my age and one a few years younger. They also had a giant four-wheeler, one of those big ones that you use for hunting in the backwoods. Their younger son was a spoiled little jerk, could do no wrong in his mother's eyes, and the rest of us kids absolutely hated him. His brother regularly got in trouble for not letting him tag along with us when we were playing. His parents would also let him ride the four-wheeler around the neighborhood, really a couple of dirt roads that crossed each other. In any case, he was much too young to be riding around on his own. One fine day, we were all outside playing, and the little jerk was riding around on the ATV. He was crossing back and forth through the yard, in between our houses, and after a few back and forth passes, he saw Fluffy, who was laying in the sun. He made a beeline for her with the ATV, narrowly missing running her over when she got up and dodged. Of course, all of us older kids started yelling at him. Of course, his mother, who was outside as well, yelled at us for yelling at her baby, spouting stuff like, he's just playing, he didn't mean any harm, he wasn't really going to run her over, etc. In the middle of the yelling match, he tried to run her over again. At this point, I had had beyond enough, so I took up my sword and advanced to do battle. Yes, I said sword, don't get all upset, it was a plastic toy sword, at most it would have bruised him a little, I know as I speak from experience. Anyway, he rode away laughing at us, taunting that he was gonna get my stupid dog. Unfortunately for him, he was not watching where he was going. You ever see someone take a mailbox to the face? Well, if you haven't my friends, I'm here to tell you that it was glorious. The mailbox, like most out in the country, was on a wooden post and stuck out in the front. While riding the ATV, he was at the perfect height for the ATV to pass underneath the mailbox unimpeded. The ATV, not him. He was at the perfect height to catch a face full of mailbox. Having turned to look where he was going when his mom screamed at him to, well, look out where you're going. It also didn't help him that, in his effort to run away from us, he had that ATV running pretty much flat out. Ever watch Wile E. Coyote hit the tunnel while riding a rocket? 
and the rocket keeps on going through the tunnel while Wile E. Coyote stops in midair and falls. It was like that, but with more of a metallic twomp sound, the little jerk hits the mailbox and then hits the dirt. Of course, he starts crying like his very soul got knocked out of him. Of course, we're all dying laughing. Of course, his mother is beyond pissed at us for laughing at her baby's misfortune. She was yelling at us, running over to her baby, while I yelled back at her that he got what he deserved for trying to run over my dog. She came over to the house later on, after my mom had gotten home from work, to complain to her. Having already heard the story from me, my brother, and my stepbrother, my mom told her off about her kid being a spoiled little crap who got what he deserved for trying to run over my dog, and if he tried it again, she was going to call CPS. To this day, whenever I'm having a bad day, the memory of him hitting that mailbox and landing flat on his back never fails to bring a smile to my face. All I know is, if I was OP in OP's position there and I saw this friend's little brother trying to run my dog over, I'd just about probably catch a charge if the police can get out all the way out into the country here. If it wasn't that mailbox, it would be the plastic toy sword going upside the head for sure. At least there's some karmatic justice here. Our next story is, it's not a small animal. Approximately 15 years ago, my niece was living in Florida. She was separated from her husband, waiting for the divorce to be final. She had two young children, and her soon-to-be ex, Kevin, would come weekly to visit the children. This was code for eating her food, washing his clothes, sleeping on the couch, and yelling at the kids for bothering him. She kept humoring him and letting him do this because she was waiting for the papers to be finalized, and didn't want him to delay things by being a jerk. They were set to sign the papers in less than two weeks, and he came to visit again. The kids were down for their naps, and she was cleaning in the back of the house. She came back out to find that Kevin had eaten the food she had set out for them to have for dinner. He made a big mess in the kitchen and was now asleep on her couch. She was pissed, but knew that confronting him directly would not accomplish anything other than possibly delay her divorce. So she took a deep breath and started to straighten up the kitchen. She was putting things back in the refrigerator when she saw a package of stew beef. She had forgotten about it and it was no longer safe to eat. She finished cleaning up and went outside to get some fresh air when she got a good look at Kevin's car. He had been in some sort of accident and the metal above the wheel well was all torn open. That was the light bulb moment. She went inside and got the trash to throw it away. She went back outside and set the bag on the ground next to the trash can and took out the package of stew beef. Then she grabbed a pair of garden gloves and carefully put all the rotting meat inside the hole above the wheel well. Then she sat back and waited. Oh, I should probably mention that it was the end of July when she did this. When Kevin came back to visit the kids, you could smell the rotting meat from 25 feet away from the car. While the kids were taking their naps, she sat and looked out the window while drinking a glass of wine. Her view was of Kevin in the driveway tearing his car apart trying to find the source of the smell. When he came back a few days later, she insisted that he parked down the street from the house due to the smell. He told her that he didn't know what it was and that he had to stop on the side of the road multiple times to throw up due to the smell. It took another week before he found the source of the smell. Kevin told her that a small animal must have crawled in there and died. To this day, he still has no idea that she did it. I could only imagine the rotting stench 
It went to weapons-grade biohazard real quickly. At least they probably found it after it was all... Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All like decayed and stuff. I couldn't imagine finding it after the first week or so when you see a bunch of creepy crawlies down in there. This next story is forcing your beliefs upon me. Hope you like it when others force theirs onto you. So a few months ago, I had the displeasure of being visited by some Jehovah Witnesses. By the looks of it, the creeps knew my exact schedule, since they would somehow come right after I got home from college. At first, I expected them to stop after a few days, but little did I know they did not take no for an answer, and they proceeded to come and knock on my door every day except Sundays for the next month and a half. Obviously, I got pissed when my summer was interrupted by some jerks, who couldn't accept that I wasn't going to join their dumb religion, so I did what any person would do. I started to stalk one of them, just like they most likely did to me, and then proceeded to call my friends and show up dressed as Goombas to the guy's house for the entire summer. So imagine this guy's surprise when he woke up to Goombas staring at him at 7am every day and asking him if he has a moment to talk about our lord and savior Mario for the three entire months. We had to stop sadly because summer break was over. We wanted to do the same on Christmas break, but he moved out of town. So our adventure of spreading the gospel came to its end. If these people keep showing up and they don't take no for an answer, how do you get them to just actually stop showing up? Do you just refuse to answer the door? Do you have to make like some kind of threat against them? Would the police enforce any kind of harassment charges if they just don't stop showing up? This next story is, you can't use water bottle to reserve gym machine? Okay, bet. I've been going to this gym for about 6 months now, and I always try to avoid going past 7pm because the vibes are off. However, yesterday I had no choice but to go around 8pm. To my surprise, the gym was almost empty, maybe because it was Friday. Anyways, I took advantage of the empty gym to do 5 sets of sled pushes. I don't like doing them when the gym's crowded because people walk through the track all the time and that annoys me. I started doing my 40 meter sled pushes and after every round, I'd put my water bottle on top of the weights while I sat on the floor next to it to rest. The water bottle being there and me being maybe 2-3 to feet away is enough to let other people know that the sled is currently in use. However, even if you're not sure, seeing the bottle should at least prompt you to look around and see who it belongs to. I was sitting on the floor resting before my last set when a woman walked to the sled and kicked my water bottle, a hydro flask. I took my headphones off and the conversation went like this. I said, hi, excuse me, that's my water bottle, I'm using the sled at the moment, as friendly as I could be. 
She said, you're not using it, are you? You're sitting on the floor. I said, I'm in between sets, which is why my bottle's there to let people know it's in use. She said, well, you can't use a water bottle to reserve a machine that you're clearly not using. At this point, I got up and stood between her and the sled. I said, as I said, I was resting between sets. I've not finished my sets yet, but by all means, feel free to wait until I'm finished. I then started pushing the sled one way and then back. When I got to the start position again, she started walking towards the sled, thinking I was going to walk away. Oh, baby, no. Here's where the malicious compliance started. I sat on the sled weights while resting because, as she said, I couldn't use my water bottle to show people it was in use, so I was just going to use my body. She got really angry and said, What are you doing? I said, Resting between sets. I know now I can't reserve the machine with a water bottle, so I'm just going to sit here while I rest. She said, This is unbelievable. How many sets do you have left? I said, I don't know, a few more. I put my headphones back in and started another set. She was still waiting, so I did another set. She was still there. I did another. At this point, my legs felt like jelly and I could barely finish my sets, but she was still waiting for the sled. It had been like 15 minutes and I forced myself to keep going out of spite. She looked so angry and was trying to talk to me, but I had my headphones in and blasting music ignoring her. I ended up doing 12 extra sets until she walked away. I started unloading my weights from the sled when a group of three gym bros asked if I was done. I said yes and it was all theirs. As I walked away towards the changing room, she saw me and walked towards the sled track just to find the three gym bros loading it. I could see the disappointment in her face when she saw them. The best part is that if she had been a decent human being, I would have been done in a minute and she could have had the sled all to herself because I only had one set left originally. Apparently OP was only taking a timed 60 second rest, so it's not like OP was sitting for 5 minutes off to the side. I will say though this level of spite and pettiness is definitely good to getting a quite a good workout. Our next story is The Great Wall of Pennsylvania. My ex and I lived on the main street of a small town. We were next to an older couple, early 60s, who lived above their car restoration business. Their building fronted right on the sidewalk and ran the full length and width of their property. There was a garage door in the middle of the front of the building. It was recessed, set back almost the length of a car, so there was sort of a tunnel or carport. That's where they parked the antique car that was their primary transport. The curb to either side of the garage apron was painted yellow. This was not the first problem we had with them. The wife would give us permission to do something like double park in front of their driveway to unload groceries or park my mom's car in the vacant lot they owned across the street but not tell her husband she had. He would end up yelling at us about it. Twice, he yelled at me right in front of his wife for something she had said she was okay and she stood there and didn't say a word. I had parked our minivan, as was my preference, in front of our house just outside the no parking zone when we got a big snowfall. It was almost a foot and it was wet and heavy. The husband used a snowblower and cleared their sidewalk and driveway. He blew half of it into a big pile right in front of our van, right up against it. Some even landed on our windshield. There was a car parked a foot behind us, so we had to go through where that pile was if we wanted to drive anywhere. The pile was over 4 feet tall at its peak, and most of it was about 3 feet, just low enough to see over when he backed out. I did some rough calculations and determined it was nearly a metric crap ton and a half of snow. I rang their doorbell, hoping to start a dialogue about it, 
They didn't answer. I didn't see all that snow as a problem. I saw it as an opportunity. It was the raw material that dreams are made of. My stepson and I spent hours working on that pile. We were up half the night, and I've never seen my stepson put so much effort into anything else before or since. He understood the grandeur of my plan, and he shared my commitment to it. Together, we made something magnificent and awe-inspiring. We built a wall. The hard part was that even with the snow from our sidewalk, there wasn't enough to realize my vision. I needed more. I did the neighbor on the other side of our twin. I added the snow from along the side of our house, carrying each shovel full to the sidewalk for my stepson to add. Then I got smart and started shoveling snow from the backyard onto a tarp so I could drag a big pile around with each trip. It started on the curb by the front of the van and completely enclosed and concealed the no parking sign. It went through and dammed the gutter and went out into the street at an angle, ending just over a car width from the curb, just before the neighbor's driveway. It was nine and a half feet tall, eleven feet long, it was a foot thick at the curb end and widened to more than three feet thick. We used a storage bin to make blocks, and we sprayed each one with water. We used slush as mortar. That thing wasn't coming down without heavy equipment. For weeks afterwards, whenever he wanted to leave, his wife had to stand in the street and wave him out when it was clear. The street sloped up slightly towards the property, so a lake formed on their side of the wall and extended to the far end of their property. It was ankle deep where the gutter was, so she had to walk around it. I found out from another neighbor that they called the cops, but I checked the local ordinances and it was completely legal. It was entirely within the footprint of the pile the husband had made. It was just taller. There were no restrictions on height. All the relevant ordinance dictated was that a pile of snow couldn't present a risk of damage to property, and the wall didn't. It was structurally sound. Are you telling me OP did all of this and doesn't have pictures of it to attach? I would have 500 million pictures of this magnificent snow wall creation. Probably document the creation process. Our next story is, your words will come back to bite you. This is in the UK, so if some terms make no sense, that's why. So I'm the sort of person who will help out, if it's helping someone move or lending something. I only expect either a thank you or my stuff returned when not needed anymore. So Claire was talking to me in the pub about wanting to go camping, and I have a lot of stuff, and asked if she could borrow things, so chair, stove, sleeping bag, table, and lights. We talked a lot about good campsites with great scenery, etc. I agreed to drive this round to her the night before she left. Fast forward two months, and I need these things back as I'm going camping, and my mate needs the chair, and I want it back. So I spoke to her about returning my stuff, and when I need it, Claire was very vague. Turns out she decided to give my things to her friend and was upset I actually wanted my things back. To be fair, I was furious and said that she was a crappy friend and she better have my stuff back to me by the end of the week. So end of the week I get a message. Okay, incel, your crap is outside my flat. Come get it before it gets stolen. What the freak? Since then I avoided her as much as possible. If I have to, I'm very neutral and polite and don't engage. I was furious that me wanting my own belongings rated such a rude and disrespectful response. The petty revenge. So after months of not talking, Claire comes up to me and says, You have a car. I'm moving on Saturday. Come over at 11 so you can take my things to my new place. 
not asking, telling me. Well, apparently I'm an incel, so that'll be three BJs and a shag. Claire was speechless. It was great and so petty, and then I said, now freak off and freak off some more. I didn't help her move. FYI, we're in our 40s. I'm single for a very good reason. I'm depressed and riddled with anxiety and wouldn't want some poor woman to have to cope with my problems. Definitely a rather crude way to deal with it, but I think it got your point across pretty darn good. Our next story is, increase my workload? Let me just use my Uno reverse card. Once upon a time, I worked as an attending physician on a nephrology clinic in the hemodialysis unit. I'm not sure if this is how it works in other health systems, but in my country, this kind of job is done by GPs, who are under the supervision of a specialist, in this case a nephrologist. The characters of this tale are Dr. Umbridge, 36-ish female, my coworker, Dr. Bob, 31-year-old male, our boss, and myself, at the time 26-year-old female. The setting goes like this. The hospital had three hemodialysis units, two big and one small. The big ones had room for 20 patients each, while the small one had room for 10. When I first arrived as the newbie, I was assigned to the small unit. Meanwhile, Dr. Umbridge, who had previously held my place, was promoted to one of the big rooms. She didn't like this at all, as it was an obvious increase in workload without an increase in pay. What did she do to release her anger? She made my workday stupidly heavy with the power of bureaucracy. For this to make sense, you need to understand that a lot of a doctor's job is behind a screen doing paperwork, filling charts, doing formulas, making epidemiology reports, sometimes calling patients, etc. After a month or so after I started working, she started whispering to Dr. Bob, telling him how the big units were full and there was so much to do. Well, I was most of the time looking at my cell phone because I finished a lot faster. This was a lie, by the way. While I did have a more relaxed shift than the others, it was no vacation time. So little by little, week by week, Dr. Umbridge whispering convinced Dr. Bob to assign me more and more bureaucracy tasks. To the point that after six months, I felt more like a secretary than a doctor. I barely saw my patients because I was basically handling all the paperwork of my unit and Dr. Umbridge's unit, and maybe half of the third unit, whose doctor is not really that relevant, he was pretty oblivious about it all, all under the guise that I had less patience and more free time. Now here comes the revenge. The most amazing thing of this all is the simplicity of it, to the point that I sometimes think it barely counts as revenge because it needed no planning at all. One day, I just got the idea of asking Dr. Bob if I could change units, as I thought I was ready for a bigger professional challenge. Under other circumstances, there may have been the risk of him saying no, as the bigger units needed more experience. However, Dr. Umbridge's constant nagging had convinced him that she was suffering from a burnout, and that she would be ecstatic going back to the easier unit for a while. I'm not sure if the face she did when Dr. Bob announced the change was from happiness, but it surely had a lot of emotion behind it. She herself had bonded the small unit to mountains of paperwork that she knew will now fall on her, and she also knew that there was no way of saying no, as she had spent months preaching how hard this big unit was. The rest of my time there was amazing. I learned a lot and barely had to do the boring stuff while poor Dr. Umbridge soon learnt what a real burnout felt like. 
I love the fact that she's stuck there doing all of this paperwork, and because she spent so much time whispering and making it clear that working in that smaller office means you have all this time for this paperwork, there's no way for her to go back and complain about her new workload without pulling back the curtain and revealing that she's just been lying her butt off the whole time. So they either stick with it, or they come out and admit the truth. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 